Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. in which the Caucasians like it's really more of a cultural experience. It's mm. not trying to cross racial barriers. Mm. They need that hairspray. They need that to hold it because it's fine hair. Mm-hmm. It's a texture. It's straight. Okay. So again, uh, all right. well, look, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about good hair and what that means, not just as individuals, but also in our culture. So, Ms. Janae, what do you think about that, the cultural differences when it comes down to the um, the thought process of good hair? I think over the years, we've been um, taught that if your hair is um, of a wavier texture, of a finer texture, then you have good hair. Mm-hmm. If your hair is a little bit more coarse, then your hair is bad. Mm-hmm. And to me, all hair is good hair. It is. It's just the way that you take care of your hair. Um, my hair could be a little bit more flexible than yours, um, but it's just in the manner in which you take care of your hair. To me, I look at hair as an accessory. So how are you going to accessorize your hair today? My hair can probably withstand a little bit more than yours, but um, it's just an accessory. How do you accessorize your hair? So it's not, to me, there's no such thing as a good hair or bad hair. Mm-hmm. All hair is good hair. Okay. All right. That's well put. Well put. What you got, Nate? No, uh, the exact same thing. If you take a look back over the course of time and you think about, you know, how we've evolved as a culture. And that's the and thing you, about You hair. take a look at it's the 60s. Evolving. You take a look at the 70s, mm-hmm. the 80s, and the 90s. You take a look at all the different backgrounds, the demographics, and, you know, from straight hair to afros to, you know, jerry curls to, you know, all these things, you know, it's just, as I stated before, what I said earlier is what's popular at that time. And I think that as we continue to move into the uh, future or whatever, you start to see little trends that was continue to pop up here and there and come back and come back. That's the deal. Returning back to the basics. Mm So, yeah. So what do you guys think about I was going to say soul glow. Y'all remember soul glow, right? <laughs> I, was right soul glow. Glow. I was about to say You that. know. Uh, all right, but forget that. Because uh, like I, I said earlier, I, I really did have a jerry curl. And, and <laughs> I mean, it was tight, for that real. Was, that oh. was the thing to do then. But it was so tight. I, I, and it grew your hair. It, it did. But <laughs> what are photos? <laughs> don't worry about that. But the deal is, is that I always had to keep my bottle next to me to right. keep mm-hmm. it looking Keep juicy. the moisture. Yeah, you know, keep it activated because yeah. it was yeah. called the activator, right? Yeah. Because if it didn't have the right buoyancy, yeah. it wasn't out. right. You it's know? the moisture <laughs> for the right. for what was being done. That's right. <laughs> so what do you guys think about um, the direction that we're going into? Do you think that we, as far as the culture and people, we are appreciating our natural hair more or are we reverting back to, you know, shaming you know, okay, my hair is a little bit tight. It's just easier for me to put on a lace front or, you know, uh, get a wig and just keep it pushing. What do you guys think? I think we appreciate our hair more. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate my hair. Like I said, I am natural. Yes. Um, I'll wear natural styles. I'll get my hair flat ironed. But every now and again, I want to switch up my style. And to me, the easiest way to do that is putting on a wig mm-hmm. or probably um, getting bundles sewn in okay but um we appreciate our hair we love the flexibility of our hair Mm -hmm. 
to me, we have some beautiful hair. Yes. And so I enjoy the, the texture and the coarseness of our hair. Right, right. What you think, James Brown? I think it's more we have options now. Mm-hmm. There were before we did not have options mm-hmm. to change our look um, from a cultural standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, we can be tight curls. We can be wavy. We can be straight. Um there are things out there to still have healthy hair and still have options. Okay. Um, a conversation in the salon of the day um, was the seventies are back, meaning you never know what you're going to get. You can get afro That's one right, day, right. you can get a wig one day, you can get straight hair, mm-hmm. you can have dreads, you can have so many things out there as mm-hmm. a person. And I think that's the one good thing about now in healthy hair or having hair, you have options and mm-hmm. still can be healthy. Okay, now my thought process is, well, not my thought, but history has shown that weave, hair weave has been in the world, our culture, for centuries, right? Yes. They have mummies that still have, you know, yes. some 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 wigs kind of still sewn in, right? Yes. But what do you think about the men that have little issues going on? It could be genetics, it can be just stress or whatever, but it's, you know, they, no, they hairline like back here. So, <laughs> and if you don't see, I mean like back here, but <laughs> the deal is, is that they go to um, shops and now they can get somebody to... Kind of lick it and bow, put something else on there. Now they got some 360, so now they don't have to put in that work. But what you think about that, Nate? You know, I, because you've seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. I would, I would tell you, I would never knock a person's hustle. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, when what I mean by that, not hustle necessarily, but you know, their quality of life. If that boosts their morale and making them and feel comfortable, and you know, it boosts their self esteem, mm-hmm. then go for it. If the if it's there then it's there for a reason. Right. Why not utilize That's it? That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, we body shame all day. Now we got the hair shame people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. W- what you think about James? So. Wait, do you do it at your spot? I do it. Um, You've done it? Yes. It's a joke, though, for me because <laughs> um, being a hairstylist, a barber, um, platform artist, all those things, I realized this is, it's time for the men. Mm-hmm. I mean, for real, where men were normally known as you know, go ball. Don't be vain about who you are. Don't be kept together. That's not the man of today. Mm-hmm. The man of today is manicured on all levels. So mm-hmm. if you can afford to get your man weave on and be cute and have your wave still, hold on to it till you can't afford it no more. I right. mean, right. <laughs> I'm right. being for real. Like, it's a totally different era mm-hmm. of hair. I tell anybody, as being an educator in 20 years, hair is changing. What mm-hmm. we thought was Okay, it's not. It's a whole other game out here. It's a mm-hmm. whole new season of people coming through, um, getting services and giving services. Mm-hmm. So it's about men now. Mm-hmm. Women want they men being cute. They don't want to see the bald head no more. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, I like a bald head. I, I mean, like but some right. don't want the bald head. Yeah. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> hey, hey, you hear that, her? You hear that, right? Hey, go ahead. Hey, bald head, put your hands up. Yeah, there you go. That's what it is. I don't know. No, no, go ahead. But this is this is not really new though. If What's you go that? back and you take a look at Steve Harvey, mm-hmm. true, that mm-hmm. man was. But rocking. that was not a trend then. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, it was shunned. Absolutely. If so, you go back to when her was actually even evolved with London, and even when the they were wigs to go into the court, you were known by your man wig of your authority in the court. There we mm-hmm. go. Right. So man wigs are really old, but mm-hmm. it's new to us because of. I think we evolved to who we are Or do now. you think it's because of the the stigma before of us, right? So if you think about it, 
in our in our culture, you rock what you got until you don't have it no more. Then you're going to rock what you have. Right? True. And mm-hmm. but, you know, women would do everything. Else. Correct. The, the Correct. brothers Correct. wouldn't, you know. Correct. And that's what, what I mean by it's, it's a new mm-hmm. day with the men. Like they like, mm-hmm. OK, I can do what I want to do. I can that's be just right. as vain as you are. Mm-hmm. I tell anybody the bar, the new barbers coming in. This is an option, a time for you to reign mm-hmm. because it's grooming. One of my uh, ranch, John, came to speak to the kids, and it's grooming. It's a mm-hmm. grooming service. Men want to be groomed and have a service. The barbershop days, get a haircut, shave me. No, I mm-hmm. want to look mm-hmm. because we also, as men, are CEOs now. We are really in a doing podcasts. Mm-hmm. You're seeing us, so we worry about how we look now. So we want everything together, not just our bodies. We want our face, our skin, our hair, all that. You don't have to be bald. You know, <laughs> so speaking about that, I think it's more than just the outward appearance. And I would like you to speak to this and, okay. and also to you. Now, when you see individuals getting their hair done or let's say you supplied them with a wig or, or, or something or you cut, your, uh, cut their hair, how do they feel? Like, do you see their whole attitude change? So can you expound on that? Oh, yes. It makes a complete difference mm-hmm. because the way you view yourself and the way you feel the world views yourself, it just makes you feel, it makes a total difference. Um, I've supplied wigs to women, and I've seen them do a total 360, um, feeling down at one moment and feeling like they're on top of the world the next. Mm-hmm. So it just depends. Um, you're, when, you, when you look good, it makes you feel good. Yes. And so I think that goes for women as well as men, mm-hmm. kind of what he was saying earlier. Because mm-hmm. what if you have someone who's battling with cancer? And now they've lost all their hair. Mm -hmm. That's very Um, serious now. Yes, it is. And so if you can provide a prosthetic for a man to wear as well as for a woman, that would change their whole self-concept or how they view themselves. You know, because it just, if you have hair one one minute and the next minute you don't have anymore, could you imagine how that makes you feel? It would be traumatizing, I'm sure. Yeah, it's a traumatic experience. So if you can do something to help that, it could be therapeutic for them. Okay, what you think, James? No, what she so I, I'm with her. So not just that, you you deal with male men and women, correct? But when you're cutting young men hair, right? How do you how do you see them change? Do, um, do their attitude change? One thing I know about from like the technical terms, alopecia is very serious now mm-hmm. on the women's side and in the men's side. Really, um, I've seen through the years of my 20 years of doing hair that it's there it's younger and younger and where you have 20-year-olds now with alopecia. Really? So, And is that genetic or can it be genetic. St- stress-induced? Or? It's, it's a lot of things into it. Like alopecia has so many ways it can come onto you, whether it's genetic or um, stress-induced and different things like that. Mm-hmm. But with us being a vain society now with Instagram, all the different things that's going on, social media, people want to look like the hip thing and what's going on. So there's options now for you to stay in that crowd because it does diminish them. Would you say the same thing? Like they like, I'm nobody because I don't have what this person has. Mm. So, but I have option now that I can go see somebody and get my hurt, my wig fixed and Mm -hmm. I'm good. I'm back in the game, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's very true. Got it. Got it. What you have, Nate? Just no, I was about to say, it, it changes the whole dynamics of that individual, whether male or female. Correct. You know, whether you're getting ready for a job interview or no matter what it is that you're going through for that set day or for that set week, you know, when you look good, you work hard, play hard, whatever the case may be or whatever, you're on a mission. 
right? And, you know, people can say, you know, people have their own thoughts or whatever, but image to me, um, because I know it's bigger than myself. You know, I know I not, I not only represent myself, but I represent the rest of my community as well. So if I get out in front, I'm not going to just look any type of way or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when I can sit up there and I can get that fresh cut and I can go out, give a briefing or whatever the case may be, that boosts my confidence, competence and everything of that nature moving forward. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I really do. And it, it it makes you feel good. It helps you to feel good. It helps boost that that confidence. And so in your profession, both of you, um, how do you connect with individuals? Meaning, hey, I provide this service, right? I'm here to help you. But how do you connect with them as an individual, right? Because you deal mostly with females, right? And you, de- you can deal with both. Right? Correct. So, but how do you connect with them so that they know that you're there to help them, not to shame them? Because even though you have that profession, they say, okay, well, listen, I got this going on. You can't help me or you can't do this, blah, 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 blah. You know, mm-hmm. how do you really connect with them and say, hey, no, not, you're beautiful the way you are. However, you are, correct. I can help enhance. enhance yes. Uh-huh. Right. So can you speak on that? Um, I think for me, it's more of learning, um, doing what I've done for so long. It's more of a one-on-one basis and what looks best for you and works for you. Meaning, I'm, you know, the joke about a hairstylist or, or Barbara is we are counselors. So we, we know the person. I see you every week. I see you every two weeks, three weeks, whatever. So I'm learning your personal. So when I ask you a question about the service you want me to provide, like, hmm, that may not work for you. Meaning that I know you want this, but your day-to-day actions won't sustain this so can i meet you in the middle here somewhere so Mm -hmm. we can make sure that we can still boost your self-esteem but make sure it's something that's workable for you that you're not stressed out on another level about something else so you're basically low-key consultating oh yeah right so so you consulting yes we we, you know (laughs) doing it a a real counselor (laughs) so what janae do you have to do that or have you ever or people just say hey i want this color wig and, and that's it give me that and i'm done I don't know if I really have to do it like that, but Mm -hmm. it's based off their level of comfort Mm -hmm. because I run across a lot of women who want to try a wig, but they never worn one before. Mm -hmm. So how do I wear it? What looks best on me? Mm -hmm. And so, of course, you allow allow them to try it on, Mm -hmm. but it's based off the level of comfort. So I'm not at his level yet. Mm -hmm. I haven't did all that yet. You have to teach them how to maintain the wig because they think they just both. It's like a hat. I know for her, for her and her defense, I know sometimes a wig is looked at like, oh, it's a hat. I throw it to the side. No, baby, put it put at night and take it off. Put it on a wig. So I'm seeing this. Hold on, so bonnet or something. Keep the hair silky. Like, don't let me tell y'all something. Let me let me jump in there. It's folks that name. Is it just me? I know people that name wigs. Is that crazy or like they treat it like it's a part of like a pet? It's a personality. Like 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 I'm about to go get Big Bertha because Big Bertha is for us specific event right right the mental health of our people right now is on a rampage Mm -hmm. so we have to be mindful of it and as we joke about it our vanity meaning me being a hairstylist her doing weeks it all helps you grow as a person or maintain a same life Mm -hmm. so the joke of the day when she says she's putting on Keisha to go out the door or putting on Becky it's really helping them cope with the day Mm. Because it's giving them self-esteem. It's helping them go through the day and go to work that day. And Because I can change up. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be the same person every day. Whatever head I put on, I'm a different person. Right. Wow. 
<laughs> so can you expound on the type of care? He hinted to it earlier, but what type of care really go into it? Because me, I thought that, hey, you know how they do. They go to work nine to five and they take their bra off, bow, and they take their hair out and they're done, right? But what is it? Like, what's the true uh, care of a, a wig to, to, to help with the longevity of it? Uh, well, if you want longevity of your wig, you do have to take care of it. Like he was saying, like, put it in a bonnet. Put it on a wig head. Um, use the detangler that comes with it. Um, brush it. Just don't like let a real like real hair. You it's take real, her, it, it is it, real, it's hair. real hair. <laughs> I am blown. It's yeah. not on your head, but it's real mm-hmm. hair. Wow. <laughs> so wow. you want to take care of it. It's an invest, especially some of these wigs. They're investments. So you want to take care of your investment. You don't want to just lay it around, put it on a bed post. You know, you really want to take care of your hair. Okay. Okay. So I'm looking at our. Um, at our questions, and I just want to make sure I hit it. But um, let me see. Excuse me for a second. What's the comment? I can't see it. Young lady, Denisha said that she doesn't mind wig, but you got to be careful with it because sometimes it's a baby. Wait, okay, hold on, wait, okay. <laughs> so, so for those in the back that didn't hear this, so when it comes down to dating, so a young lady, Jamisha, I appreciate it. She said when you, you have to be careful with your wig because when you're dating, you can have some issues. Now, is it a way to make sure it don't, like if you're trying to live your best life in a drop top? Wait, hold on. Oh, oh, wait, we got, wait, I, yeah. That's too funny. She's saying that, like she, she wear it, but the dude doesn't like when she, when she takes it off. Mm. She can't be comfortable when she's got to wear it all the time. Okay, so, it's, so. Forget what I said. No, don't forget what I said. We're going to go back to we'll that. Back but, to that yeah, yeah, we'll go back to that. But, you know, but but when you're with an individual that don't like the the wigs, right? So, uh, you you know, that that's a little touchy thing. So, so in my mind, I start thinking about, um, you know, I'm going to get you sucker when, you know, everything was good. Uh, yeah, and then she take out her bit. eyelash, you know, blue eyes. <laughs> and then, you know, now all of a sudden she take the hair off. So, that can be traumatizing, too. What do you guys think about that? So do you, mm. would you say, be upfront <laughs> on the first date? Or if you want to be your best self with the wig, with, uh, you know, with, with, with Becky on, but then at home, you, Keisha, and Keisha ain't got no hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> so teeny, uh, right. afro. Right. Um, I don't, I can't comment on that. Like, I, well, I'm biased on different things on that situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What you think? I would say just be honest, you know, because I love wigs, but mm-hmm. I also take care of my own hair. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if I have a wig on or if I have it off, my hair is still going to look nice. Gotcha. And so it's basically basically the level of comfort. I mean, he may not like everything, but that's okay. She may not like everything about him either. Right. I'm, I think that's one of them, like, relationship issues yeah, where you can't, right. you can't throw it on. A, if you throw them cards on a table, it's going to be a lot of... <laughs> drawing of cards that's when right. it comes down to the way a person individual because we have to think about this thing about when we talk about hair and uh it's a vanity of the individual mm-hmm. it's not about a relationship mm-hmm. it's what makes me feel good and if i feel good i'm better in my relationship for you mm-hmm. you may dislike some of the things and your view is helpful mm-hmm. but it's kind of like it's not at the same time because if i'm battling with an issue even though we're together, it's not about you. Right. I have to make sure I'm healthy and who I am to be there for you. Mm-hmm. 
So me putting my wig on or getting my hair done every week or doing certain things that may be unjustifiable to you that you may not know, it's really not about, about you. About you. Mm-hmm. And I can dig that. So <laughs> that so that's a good caveat yeah. to the other part. Yeah. So like guess one of them like, mm, yeah. that's a whole other uh segment. Um we'll come back for that. Right. Okay, <laughs> hold on, hold on. So we, we got a, a got a caller in. Who's calling? Uh Chris. Hey Chris, how you doing? Doing pretty good. I called in last week from Navarre, okay. boy Larry. Okay, what's your question, brother? Um, it's kind of more of just like a personal experience. Um, I know y'all was mentioned like about like dating and stuff like that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I was getting ready to go there, but go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so um, pretty much, I met my wife um, pretty much on New Year's at the club, basically. So I'm used to in the past of just dating, you know, girls that were just natural. That's just what I like, just natural hair you know, not a lot of makeup, just whatever, you know? So I met her and she had a wig on. I didn't know it was a wig. <laughs> it so was that we good. were on our first date. <laughs> okay. We were on our first date and it kind of threw me off. I was like, Oh, you changed your hair. So I was like, I knew it was a wig. So then, uh, I think like a week or two, you know, later, you know, you know, as it, you know, progressed or whatever, she had on like a bonnet or whatever. And I was like, well, I was like, well, let me see your actual hair or whatever. So she showed me and it was short. And I was like, oh, well, I like your natural hair like that. I was like, man, why are you wearing a wig for? Why don't you just leave it like that? I think you're even sexier with, you know, just your natural curls or whatever. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so when I saw that, I was like, all right, I like that better than a wig. So now whenever she wears wigs, I'm just like, ah, I don't really care for wigs. I want to see that. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for the call, brother. I but, appreciate you. But, but, I had to learn, but I had to learn to accept, you know, the wigs and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, women want to. Yeah. I have different looks and stuff so, like that. So I kind of had to let that go. Okay. So, <laughs> hey, thanks for the call, brother. I'm about to jump on that. I appreciate you. Okay. All right. You are. So, yeah. Now. See? No, <laughs> so, so here it is. The question is, I meet her at the club. Fly. Right? The wind is blowing. At the club all through it and everything is looking good. She Beyonce. Yeah, right. Beyonce type, right? And she just Her find wind every wind. damn yeah, where. Everything. I don't know. Yeah, she could be in the corner of wind. But so, but the question is, is how long do you keep that on? Right? Because now everything is going good at night. I'm about to get it. She know I'm about to get it because she's going to give it to me. But now do she, hey, by the way, I'm going to take this off. Right? Because it might, she might have got the wig from you, Janae good a nice wig i'm like okay that's what's up she wearing it you know she's rocking that mm-hmm. wig and she's like all right let me get uh, let me get comfortable i'm like bet i'm waiting for her to get comfortable she go in the back and i come back she looking like you know lou raw or whatnot, <laughs> whatnot, whatnot but you know what i mean oh this is still good but then the hair is off the, so the question is is it a time frame or did, should you just be up front hey my name is keisha i like you by the way this ain't mine but anyway mm-hmm. this is how or do you just wait you know, what What would you suggest as a woman? Well, the wigs nowadays, she may not be taking it off. Right. Wait a minute. Hold she on. She ain't got to take it off. She ain't got to take it away, but mm. what happened to the, the real hair? Like, It's under there. It's under there. <laughs> Wait. So the question <laughs> is, how long do you keep doing this? So I met you on this day. Again, it's we not have, about you. Yeah. Right. But I mean, but when when do you Y'all think that comes? It's not about right. You. No, I get that. But when <laughs> but when do we have that conversation together? So now I'm with you and we're growing and we're you know, we're learning each other. But I'm still seeing this beautiful hair. We haven't had that conversation. So when do you think is a sweet spot or is it just a level of comfort? 
Well, I let people know if I'm dating a guy, I let him know that I wear wigs because I love wigs and mm-hmm. you will see me in a wig. Mm-hmm. You'll see my hair and you'll see me in a wig. Mm-hmm. So I just let you know. Mm-hmm. I, I do find that uh, most men like natural, like natural beauty because mm-hmm. that's what they'll see all the time. True. However, I don't know if that's really true. I don't okay. know. Okay, go I ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> what you think? What you I, think well, it's Jake? true, but it's not true. I think they. They like options too, but they don't want to give into it all the time as a man. Hmm. Expound on that. What you Well, because as a male or the different men that I know, it's more about what's this gonna cost me? Because if it's your if you're my mate mm-hmm. to maintain your look, will it cost me? So that means if you're changing your weave out, changing your wigs, getting your hair done. How does it affect the budget? They like the options, but they don't necessarily want to pay for the mm. options. Mm. But what if I'm paying Dang for my it. own options? Huh? Dang I, no, it. but that's fine. You can pay for your own options. Uh, right. But I think some men, that's really the issue more than the change up. I think because we are raised as men to take care of our significant other. Yes. We think about, okay, yes, the rent is due, lights, gas, everything else, and I'm going to make sure she goes to get her hair done every week or even if you're paying for it, what's that really costing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that's the more issue than the change up. Gotcha. That's my standpoint from the sh- the man. Mm. It's not always the the change up. They like it because mm-hmm. we all want somebody to come to the bedroom totally different. Mm-hmm. But how much it's gonna cost me for you to come to the bedroom? I, I, I think. Man. <laughs> Dang it. Dang. Boy, we going there. We, we, we in the city. We in the city. Yeah, I'm going to say this. It's no, it's no secret. It's no secret to the individual when they sit up there and they meet each other and stuff like no, that. No, yeah, so, like, so, so, no. I mean, I mean it just depends on the individual. There but you I go. know, I know for me or whatever, if I see a wig, I see a wig. I yeah. can, I can, di- I can differentiate between what's real and what's not. But I would say for the most part, you talk about budget or whatever. Well, if you meet this young lady or this significant other and you're constantly going out and you're building that vibe and you know up front, this is exactly what it is that they like. It's no surprise. You know, you, you met this individual that way, you know, you have an obligation. So you keep it moving forward, you know? So, it is what it is. Don't don't change that aspect of it, but that's my that's my thought, you know. Man, see, y'all wouldn't expect that one. But that's a good one. Well, listen, before we wrap it up, I want to ask the studio audience, you guys have any questions that you want to ask? Anybody? Good? Y'all good? Well, listen, Mr. Nate, where can well, because I want everybody to know that not only do you uh sell wigs, but you also do them uh overseas, right? So how can individuals find you? Well, right now you can look me on, up on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's up under Janae Monique's Wig Bar, LLC. Okay. okay. You can also find me um, on Instagram, Janae Monique's Wig Bar, LLC. Okay. Good, good, good. Mr. James Brown, when can people, well, where can people find you? Like, you um, know. I'm James Brown on Facebook. Um, I'm St. James Place in St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, meaning my salon. Um, I'm Jazzy Jab on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also an educator at Milan Cosmetology over here in Belleville. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can catch me in the street. Right almost on. anywhere. Right <laughs> on. Well, listen, I want to thank y'all for coming to the Lions Den, right? And and educating us on uh good hair and what we think good hair is. You got any questions, Nate? 
No, I don't have any questions. Just thank you for your time. So what about your hair? You you learn something today? I I, I learn something every day, so this is great. So I appreciate it. Right on. Well, listen, I wanted to make sure we give a special shout-out to our sponsors at Kevlar's Grill. If y'all don't know about it, y'all need to know about it. Kevlar's Grill, they have been uh, very instrumental with the things that we have going on here. Their number is 618-416-5700. They're open seven days a week. At the VFW, VFW outside the Scott Air Force Base, four one eight three. Okay, so you can find them there and their website. You can check out their menu at kevlarsgrill.com. and they have first and third brunch. It is outstanding. I had it one time, and I'm still full, y'all. That's been almost two weeks. It's a problem. All right, it's a problem. But every day they have different um, items, so it's great. Make sure y'all check out Kevlar's Grill. And we will be right back. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. The Lion's Den podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody, to the Lion's Den. So we just had a conversation about good hair with Ms. Janae and Mr. James Brown uh, on, the, on the mic, but we're going to transition into the LGBT community and what that means. So I got my man's Herm, he here up in the building. What's going What's on, happening? brother? All right, and we got Q. How you feeling? I'm feeling quite well, thank you. All right, we got Miss Rach up in the building. How you feeling? What up, what up? I'm feeling good. Now oh. I got that Jack and Coke. Oh, you got that, you got that Jack and Coke? Cool, come on in. And what about you, Miss Yaya? How you feeling? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is the time of the evening where we're transitioning to the LGBTQ community and the thought process and the respect at the end of the day. And I want you guys to know that the reason why I asked you to come on is because I respect you. I respect you. I respect you as a person. I don't care what it is that you do outside of how you, um, outside of your job and your occupation, how you treat me. I appreciate that. And I see how you treat other people. And I think that by me, learning you and understanding you and respecting you, I'm able to learn. And so we can do that for other people and give them the opportunity to learn you and also the culture as well. Is that good? That's great. All right. And our community, either black, white, brown, whatever, there's different thought processes when it comes down to what it means to be homosexual, lesbian, and trans, or whatever the case is. But today, here on the Lions Den, we want to dive deep maybe not too deep because some deep might just 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 jack their head up we don't want to do that right so we want them to come up from it but at the end of the day we want to make sure that we have some good dialogue that's good all right go ahead brother go ahead Herman, kick it off how you guys doing good Good. hey so the first question i want to ask is what is the gay agenda and why you guys want me to be a part of it so bad Man, shut up. <laughs> so, so, well, no. so uh, uh, apparently, apparently he checked that whole question. You see? All right. So, so listen, look, we, so we can't go back and edit that. It's already in the fridge. But, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, but we yeah. can talk about that. But the question is, do you think it's an agenda? 
All right. Do you think it's a, a, a gay agenda? So you can speak on that, Q. I will say, from my experience living so far, that there is, and I'm saying it loosely, but the reasons why is for the simple fact that since time progressed since the late 90s primarily, at least from my era anyway, I took note that when you try to corner a subculture, almost like you do a, a prey in Animal Kingdom, at some point you're going to lash out. And when you try to, to silence people's voices who simply wanted to stand up and say, I can be me, and you don't need to, sit, to treat me a certain way because of double standards. And when that kept going on for so many years, after a while, it's okay, well, so apparently me talking to you calmly is not going to work. So therefore, I'm going to go ahead and then make sure you understand that my strength that you thought was actually gone, when it's put together in a large um, mass of people, is quite powerful. The agenda that the word is used so loosely is to make sure you, you understand that I do have a voice that can be heard, and if need be, it can be much louder than yours. Mm -hmm. Now, at the same time, that's putting everyone together to make it, sh make it sounds more concerning. But if you think about it carefully, though, when you bring it down to the individual, some of us who have an agenda is for the sole purpose of just educating people to help you understand that diversity is not a danger to society. It's actually a wonderful thing that can be capitalized on to give great strength mm -hmm. um, to, uh, to, to fulfilling a great mission collectively, if you will, mm -hmm. as a nation. So that's how I look at it. Okay, good. What about you, Rach? So I do believe it's an agenda, but I believe... You know, just from my cultural background, that this agenda is specific, specific for African-American men. Because it seems like an African-American man in a dress is more accepted than a man that has locks in his hair. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like society is more acceptable to that. And with that, you know, I'm not sure if the agenda goes deep enough than that, but I'm in that new generation type. So that's what I believe that agenda is focused more on. Okay. What about you, Yaya? Um, I do agree with what he said. You know, um, having people say, oh, no, you guys aren't welcome here, you know, to set in the third. We want to speak up and speak our truth. Like, it is what it is. We are who we are at the end of the day. So I think that's really what it is. But um, I don't know. I just feel like why do you people care so much about it? If you're not gay, you know, like, why do y'all right. care about who I'm sleeping with, who exactly, I'm loving? Yeah. At the end of the day, love is love, so leave it alone. Wait, now, now, before we get deep into it, I want everyone to know real quick, if this is their first time uh, meeting you, just real quick, just tell them where you're from and <laughs> your stance, like, you're being gay, are you bi, are you, you know, so... <clears throat> Start with you, Rachel. So, of course, everybody should know this lovely face, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm Rachel. For those of you that don't know me, I'm from Detroit, mm -hmm. uh, repping to the fullest, and I hey, am lesbian. Yeah. Um, Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got to put that out there. Go ahead. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Yaya Yeezy. I'm also from Detroit as mm, well. Dang. Sock it to him. <laughs> in the house. In the house. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I am bisexual. Okay. You. Well, as for me, I'm Jamaican. You know, being a foreign descent makes it even more beautiful than those who are from the States. No offense. Man, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Talk your noise, man. <laughs> nah, I'm messing. But yes, I am a uh, full-on homosexual as well. Okay. And back to the mic, too. We got James Brown. Hey, James, you can come on up, brother, because okay. I want you to speak I'm James, on this. as we know, from St. Louis, 314. Mm -hmm. um, okay. <laughs> I am a gay male. Okay. Good, 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 good. All right, so... With that being said, I, and I'm sorry we didn't do that introduction early right. on, but I, it's good to get that out first. So if you can summarize very quickly 
when did you know? Uh, well, I guess not just when did you know, but marry that up with was it a choice or is it something that was biologically you? Go ahead. So for me, I knew at about nine and a half, ten. Um, just because of my upbringing around males, like I really didn't have a female influence. So I would say mine was a choice mm -hmm. in a sense. Okay. It was a choice. I really don't have an age that I knew. I just remember getting in trouble in like middle school, got caught with a girl under the little blankets, and I'm like, yep, okay. You know that's what, me it. too. Ain't that funny? For <laughs> 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 a little girl we as well. We all the same. Uh, this must be me. We all the same. Was that with the jury curl? Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Hey, you know, actually, it was with dreads, believe it or not. Go ahead, Q. Yeah, I had dreads, brother. Well, you're yeah. not Jamaican. Though. I know, bro. <laughs> it's deep in the roots. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I was under a blanket, not with a girl. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, for me, I knew my infatuation with men was around four years old, but it didn't solidify until six when, unfortunately, something happened to me with someone much older than me, if you will. But I actually did not know what gay even was until I was 11 years old when I came to America at that point. And when that, when that realization hit me very hard, I can definitely say it was not a choice so loosely because it was a natural affinity to me, but I try to figure out how to exactly choose to fight it or turn it off. That wasn't a thing for me. Mm. Mm. What about you, Jay? <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm listening to what he's saying and knowing cultural standpoints. So, you know, I, with me being a cultural person and sitting here, mine will be a choice. I will always say mine is a choice. So, mm. but okay. when did you choose? Um, later. Later in yeah. life? Because mm -hmm. one of the things I always tell people is um, being gay, a gay male or a gay woman that's dated, that's had a heterosexual life and choose to go that way have two different point of views. Mm. Okay. So so that's interesting to me because um, as, as this, this progress, we keep hearing that, hey, this is not a choice. People are born this way. And I'm hearing... Um, People of that community saying, nah, I choose this. So what do you say to the people that are saying, nah, I was born this way? Different strokes for different folks. Yeah. Yeah. You, at the end of the day, you just got to remember the human factor and the human characteristic. Like at the end of the day, if that's what they're saying and that's how they feel, who are mm -hmm. we to judge? True. So that that's really the I biggest thing that come with it. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that one, that it's more of what a person feels. If someone feels that way in their whole life, that's true. But some people do have options because of what they view. Because at the end of the day, love is love. Yeah, because for, for me, I honestly believe that people were born that way because I felt like I couldn't be born. I, I didn't have a choice to like a dude. You know what I mean? Like, I was genetically, when I was born, I was attracted to women. I didn't know that being attracted to a guy was an option for me. You know what I mean? So I was like, man, I'm... So if I'm born this way, it's not hard for me to imagine somebody else being born, being attracted to what they're attracted to. So to hear people say, no, nah, I chose this, and especially for men. I mean, that's to me that that's that's impressive because it's like, man, like, why would you choose to lay up with another ashy dude? You know what I mean? I don't. It, and no offense, like it's like it's like like, man, you must really wanted to do that because, man, you know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't see why a man would want to choose to be with a guy again. It ain't for me to, um, it ain't for me to understand really, but it's like, wow, 
you you chose to be with a guy when you could have been with a woman. Is that what you what you're saying? I, I look at it as, if you don't mind, okay. I look at it as a wiring standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, humans are can be wired genetically. If you want to use that, sure, no big deal. But you also can be wired socially. And I told you, for me, in my particular case, I did not choose at six years old to be molested and sexually harassed accordingly. And then when that occurred to me, some people, when it, when certain traumas happen to them, they grow up in a place by which they want to, be, to get rid of it because it's going, it's doing something to them psychologically. Now, in my particular case, after it happened to me, not knowing what was really going on, the, as the years progressed and I finally became curious about hormones compared to someone being curious about me, a six-year-old, I started noticing again at 11 years old that the feelings I was having is considered of homosexual nature. Now, I'm trying my best to fight off that wiring. That was a social wiring for me. I also know people who, as they mentioned, they said they were born that way because they knew at an early age, for some reason, I have a natural affinity to be attracted towards the same sex, and I don't know quite why. But again, the human wiring is unique in that way. It can be influenced, good way or bad way, or both different directions, depending how it is, because their capacity to handle that wiring mechanism is always unique. You're wired naturally to just simply like women. Don't know why, not questioning why, it's just how it is, and that's fine. And I have become wired where I simply like men now. Don't know why, well, I do know why, but and that's also fine. I've, 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 well, I've, I know I've why, too. To, you know? Yeah, I know, you know, because I'm pretty and I like pretty people. But the point is, um, <laughs> but it's just a matter of wiring, and people are wired differently. I mean, it's like going into, not too loosely, but going into carnal desires. Like certain people know what, what their body likes if you touch them a certain way. Some people like to be kissed one way, kissed another way, and foreplay certain ways in their bodies, and their bodies like a certain thing. So it's just a wiring of how you are put together in that regard. Well put. Okay. Well put. So I want to touch on something you said, but before I do, I got a question for you, Yaya. Okay. Now, what would you say to those individuals, you being bisexual, what would you say to the individuals that feel as though a person that's bisexual is just an individual that haven't came out the closet fully yet? Um, you don't have to be bisexual to not fully come out the closet. Mm-hmm. It's still a lot of people who are keeping that a secret, you know, like whether the they bisexual low. or not. You know, it mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I hear a lot of people say about bisexuals is they greedy or they just can't yeah. choose. Oh, because which they one. like both. You want everything. Yeah, like, Buffet yeah, out here. Yeah, yeah. but uh, somebody said love is love. Mm-hmm. Like. That's just what I'm going to keep going back to because that's right. it is what it is. like. Okay. Um, All right. So the other question was, and you, you hit on something that I would like everyone to uh, expound on if you could and if you feel comfortable. Was there a significant point traumatizing that induced the emotional aspect? Like, Q, you spoke on it, right? It was a situation that happened, and it was unfortunate, right? It was a, an unfortunate situation. But do you think that that's through the uh, the natural cause, or like we said earlier, I was just born this way and I'm wired different. So do you think that the trauma or the traumatic incident, uh, I guess, sparked, you know, or hence that, you want to speak on that? Yeah, Rich? so uh, my traumatic event was at 10. Mm-hmm. So again, with my upbringing around mostly males, I've been around male cousins, my uncles, my, you know, my brothers and everything like that. So when they're playing video games and they playing in the mud and they looking at girls, I'm doing everything they're doing, you know, that way I don't stand out. But then once my traumatic event happened, it kind of like clicked for me to be like, okay, this is what was supposed to happen. And then I just naturally just grew uh, into that. Like, yeah, I've been with uh, the opposite sex. Um, but it wasn't for me, it was to please my mother who mm. didn't want 
a gay child. But then eventually I grew up and said, fuck it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And I'm going to just be me. Mm-hmm. And so that's where, that's what my traumatic event did for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Q? I know for me, <laughs> it was interesting because for me, the traumatic event was more so the coming out portion of it. Because again, once I realized what happened to me, then my next phase being from the Caribbean was trying to just survive and make sure that's hidden. And then try my best to have girlfriends and not just any kind of girlfriend. So that. wait, wait, well, look, let's real quick. Let's speak mm-hmm. on that in mm-hmm. being in Jamaica. So okay. what's the yes, thought yes. process? Right. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard it. Yeah. But you being straight from Jamaica, what is the, the thought process of, hey, you gay, I'm about to chop your head off. Right. Well, the, the reality is that the, the legality about homosexuality in Jamaica is that it is legal by law. You know, if you were to confess that you are homosexual, the, the, by law, you're supposed to be put in jail. But if you're caught in the act, it's punishable by death. Really? Dang. Period, point blank, that's it. Now, we also understand that the society may be progressing to a certain extent, but that's the reality of it. It's, it's well hidden because everyone is more focused on the tourism aspect of a tropical island. But many tropical islands, not just in the Caribbean, but around the world, that is a common behavior, if you will, to actually discriminate against that. They can joke about it, but you can't actually be participating in it. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, for me now, I was in America when I came out, thankfully. But nonetheless, there was a constant threat of going to send you back to Jamaica in order to get rid of you because you were not meant to be born, seeing that you turned out this way. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, tra- the trauma that helped me, oddly enough, get to the place where I accept me for me was a coming after coming out. Once I realized, again, that I desired men, it was terrifying. But when I came out, which wasn't by choice necessarily, I was cornered, cornered to do so. After that, my friends along the way helped me to embrace that 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 difference in you should not make you so inferior to all parts of society, if you will. Okay. So the trauma for me then ended up becoming an actual, I don't say, I guess you say blessing in a sense, because I actually got to learn the hard way, but with help along the way on how to just stand in the mirror and not be ashamed of what I see. Good. What about you, James? I'm very intrigued over here, right here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, only because of traveling and actually, never mind. Uh, I'll come back. (laughs) Um, For me, there really wasn't, I would say, for me, Mm -hmm. Um, like a traumatic situation. It was just a choice where I felt like I like that more than I do the other. It it really was no, I really had options. Mm -hmm. I would say for me, I had options. So, for me, it was like, mm, I like this more than I like this, and I choose this life because it fits more with who I am as a person. Okay, so It feeds me more as a person yeah. than the typical traditional, traditional mm-hmm. life. Yeah. Okay, well, look, so, I got one comment real quick. <laughs> I got one comment because I want to make sure oh, we, 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 we get with our folks that's live. So from Marlene, she said, do you believe... There's a difference in acceptance between, uh, for example, a white female and black. Oh, I'm sorry, not female. White families and black families when uh, it comes down to being gay. Of course. Okay. So, so <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Speak on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, so this is coming from a personal perspective of mine. Mm-hmm. I've literally seen African American men disown, disregard their sons, but will accept their daughters. So, mm-hmm. like, for me, on my father's side, I'm the youngest out of four. Mm-hmm. My father has three daughters, including me, and a son. Uh, my brother's gay, but he, he, he wasn't accepted as quickly as I was because 
you know, they're looking at him like, oh, you're the only male. Like, you end up being gay, too. And, like, you six seven, You probably playing basketball Damn. somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, you too big <laughs> so to be so gay. DJ <laughs> Johnson right here. Right, right, you know? Right. <laughs> like, they literally, like, I literally heard my cousins tell my brother, you too big to be gay. Wow. But he's accepted now, but it took way more. Like, for me, it was like, hey, we love you. Come here. Mm. Whereas with him, it was like, shit. we gonna need some time to process this and so that's coming from the personal perspective of mine okay james can you speak on that because i know that you you know (laughs) well me being biracial i would tell anybody um one thing of i grew up with the same morals in both ethnic backgrounds um meaning go to work be productive everything else like that um but in my mother's side me being gay is nothing. My success is more acceptable. And your mother is Caucasian. Okay. It's Caucasian. Okay. So she they, they care about, my grandmother's like, as long as you're successful, that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Who you sleep with, I don't care mm-hmm. anything about that to save my life, honey. As mm-hmm. long as you come in here, kiss me, be a good grandson, and be who you <laughs> are, and be good to society, mm-hmm. and not in out of jail. And being funny, my mother's a twin also. So mm-hmm. her, uh, my mother's twin, uh, twin son, um, was on drugs. He was less accepted of being a drug addict than me being gay. Wow. Mm. On the white side. Mm-hmm. So um, being on the black side, um, I come from a loving black family. So I will say that they're very accepted about a lot of things, but I know for a fact in the black society, they will shun their gay son, but cuddle their nothing bum can I say it, bum ass? Yeah. Or bum ass. <laughs> Speak your truth. Uh, yeah. Well, bum ass <laughs> yeah. male. Like, mm-hmm. it, and it's very shameful of life because I think that's a cultural standpoint as blacks because we don't know how to defend our black gay child. Mm. We're not, black people are not taught how to defend their black gay child. Mm. They can be successful, be everything else, but we feel like it's such a phobia because they say they're black or they're mm-hmm. gay, should I say. Mm-hmm. Being black and gay is very hard wow. for a mother or father to defend. Would yeah. you say the same thing? I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> so, so this kind of falls right in line to my question. In 2011, Wanda Sykes did an interview, and she said that it's harder to be uh, homosexual than it is to be black, that the struggles for homosexual is greater. What do y'all think about that comment that she made? I mean, that was back in 2011. Things have changed since then. Do y'all think that still holds true or some of those sentiments are still real today? It still holds true, clearest day, because though you may change the laws of the land to appease many, the reality is that the human factors you guys mentioned, the ignorance is so thick. And there are some people who are terrified that if I learn something new, that it might make me become that or conform to that. That's not the reality. It's simply expanding your intellect. And therefore, yes, it is across every spectrum, black, white, purple, yellow, pink, blue, whatever the case may be it is much worse to come out as homosexual because you are deemed as the end of a legacy. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's still going to be a constant issue no matter how many times the laws change. Because they're still trying to say, again, how can you possibly um, contribute to society if you were the end of the beginning? That Ooh, is how it's viewed. Man, this cat right here, man. <laughs> I'm letting y'all know Who I is am. the bomb man, man? <laughs> I am not going after that. <laughs> What I want to say is, he said that it was very funny because I've been asked, are you going to have a child, James? Or should you have kids to carry on a legacy? And it's so funny. I have nieces and nephews, but it's funny that I cannot carry my legacy unless I have a seed. Kind of what you just saying. But why can't my legacy carry on my niece and nephew? And why can't I cultivate Mm. them and make sure they're fine? Why can't I not be the changing person of um, curses or 
breaking change breaking in my change, family and yeah. my family just by saying, no, I won't produce again, but I will make sure that whatever is offsprings that come in the next generation, I will help cultivate them right. to a, a bigger light. Why do I have to? And that's very, I never thought of, that's a very good thing. <laughs> like, it's mind blowing, but it's very true because it's like have a, a child. I don't want to have a child. I, mm-hmm. I'm fun. I like, I don't want responsibility <laughs> like that. <laughs> Do you know what my day is? Uh, no. Right. Right. And I'm a very loving uncle though. Mm-hmm. I'm there for everything. I'm uncle daddy. Like I make mm-hmm. sure that my nieces and nephew are good, but why can I not do that as a person versus me actually having a seed of what we think of cultural society? You can. Mm-hmm. You can. Hey, that's what we're here to say. You know what I mean? You can do that, right? Mm -hmm. That's very true. But going back into our background, like for me being, for example, now, yes, I am, in lack of better words, I'm black. But I'm also Jamaican. I'm also tall, dark, and ridiculously handsome. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) I like this cat. But no, there's also the issue of coming up with the religious background behind it, too. So there's so many things coming at you. And me being the first out of 20, um, 21 kids. It's all the pressure of you're the first child. You're Y'all heard that right. To... Hold on, wait, pause. Wait, 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 hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. The first out of what? I have twenty siblings. Me being number one. So twenty one of us. Yo, my goodness. No, that's too many. Yo, daddy was not. I wouldn't even remember all my brothers and sisters' names. I would not know their names. So, so like, like, are they names in like alphabetical order or is it? I mean, like, Tallest is... tap. Yeah. What y'all doing? <laughs> For real. Like, like, who eats first? There's about two per month um, being born. Really, honestly, yeah. It's fourteen. Girls and you know, and the seven boys, but it's just interesting and disturbing the fact that they pressure the first child to be the one to carry it on. Now, all of them, all, all my other, a lot of my siblings have children, and that's fine. The Raymond name is going forward, right. and yet, still, it's not enough because the first one did not do anything, the first one did not pass down the inheritance, if you will. Okay, hey, so here we got a question. Come on, Thuba, uh, just, just yeah, just over on this side. Come over here. There we go, and get in the mic. There you go. So I have a question. How do you feel when you see individuals take advantage of the community? Like, say, for example, when you see individuals that come in or you may be in the military, um, maybe in the military, and you see individuals that sit up there and they act a certain way, um, like they are very flamboyant. Code switching. Yes. Um, when you see individuals look for attention rather than just being who they are or whatever, because there's a difference. You can be who you are without seeking attention. How does that make you feel when you see individuals uh, take advantage of that, if that makes sense? Can, can I shoot an example of that? It's something that we good talked question, about brother, before, right? Um, I worked with an individual before that um, we're, in a, we're in a work setting. And every time he came into the office, he felt the need to be extra loud and, and I want to say flamboyant and talk about Beyonce's child. And that he was Beyonce's aunt for some reason. Wow. <laughs> We're all working, you know. I'm like, okay, bro. You know what I mean? Like every wait, every wait, time. Now, now you said it. How did he say it before? How did it <laughs> he said, "Hey, y'all see what Blue Ivy doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, look at my baby. You, you know, I'm the auntie, right?" <laughs> And they're, they're, for the for the we're in the military. The general sitting up there. All the colonels are sitting up there. For the people that's not military, that's like the CEO, the superintendents, and everybody. And we're all working. Mm-hmm. And he comes in and does that every time. And it's like we all stop and have to turn around and look at him for him to stop. I think I don't know. Nate, is that kind of what you're talking about right there? Yeah. So how, how do you feel about the individuals that um, boost not boost up, but they kind of turn up? their sexuality, but 
externally? Or do you think that's really or, just or, now? Or do you think oh, here's a question I will always propose to is it your sexuality or is it your lifestyle? Your personality. No, is it your lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is it your lifestyle or your sexuality? Speak because on that. one thing about the LGBT that we all know, um, it can be a lifestyle for some, meaning you're a flamboyant person, mm-hmm. but some people it's just their sexuality. So they don't relate to that the same way. Mm. Mm. Okay. What you think, you? Hmm. I would say, <laughs> <laughs> to piggyback off his, there are those based off your, because of the lifestyle, in other words, they're naturally effeminate. They can't help it. And that's, that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. When it comes to the military setting, as one that is openly gay in the military, I am more focused on your character than I am focused on your lifestyle or your behavior. If your behavior is unable to conform to the standard of what a professional military member looks like in any branch of service, then I'm going to have a discussion with you about sweetheart, as much as you are gay and I love it. But being being that most likely I'm your superior, and according to your lifestyle, I'll be your mother, I need to understand that, again, when you're here behind these doors uh, defending our nation, please minimize your beha- your habits of trying to distract from our getting our job done. It's a wonderful thing that since 2010 that we can openly serve, and that's a wonderful, right. great thing. Beautiful but do thing. not get to the place where you forget that we are a uniformed service. In other words, we come in here under the same standard, and we walk out under the same standard, yet your individuality can be celebrated and should be celebrated in accordance to the context of the environment you you're in. So, and, and basically, be professional. Am I right? Yeah. Yes. That's the bottom line. Yes. So, and go, what do you think about that? Because, because <laughs> you being from the D, oh, and, and we, we know how we carry ourselves, but then you're a gay woman, right? So, mm-hmm. do you, when you see someone else that's overtly flamboyant or um, just, just extra, how does that make you feel? Especially um, being in the military. <laughs> so with me being in the military, everybody know I'm straightforward and I'm direct. Mm-hmm. You know, just piggybacking off you. Like, it's okay for you to be yourself, especially being in the military and being open. And it's a beautiful thing because, you know, we're accepted mm-hmm. yes. to a certain point. Yeah. Like, we're not, like, well, you're not accepted all the way. Like, we're accepted <laughs> yeah. to a certain point. It's a work in progress. But you need to tone that shit down, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. immediately because we already have a stigma on us when yeah, we walk right. in, especially if you are homosexual and you're black. Mm-hmm. You already got a bad attitude. And you're loud when you walk in the door and they ain't even heard your voice. Okay. So you yeah. might want to pipe down because when they look at one of us, they look at all of us. Mm. Especially if they're not used to this type of lifestyle. If this is like your first, like, you know, hey, like, this is my first time meeting somebody, you know, gay and work with them. And this how they act? Or they all must be like this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, look, I got a question. Hold on real quick. I got a question. From uh, Wiley. What's going on, brother? What's up, Wiley? All right. Wiley <laughs> said, all right, this is for you, Q. Uh, what is the positive experience that you've had with, uh, the milita- with a military member when you came out of the uh, when you came out to them, <laughs> Wiley? <laughs> I appreciate you so much. <laughs> so when I came to the military back in 2001, I got to my first base in 2002. And while I was there, back in those days, I was scrawny. When I say scrawny, like two cents a day hungry, feed him now scrawny, okay? <laughs> I looked, and I was ridiculously feminine. I couldn't help it. I mean, I can sleep, wake up, and just walk, talk, and it's just flam- 
flaming, just yeah. burning eyebrows off hot. Anyway, <laughs> at the same time, when I came to the military at 17, I came out three years before that, and I was still unsure how to carry myself as a gay person altogether because, again, I actually had um, experienced various traumatic incidents before I got in the military. When I came in the military, I was trying to survive and make it past boot camp because I was always told you wouldn't survive even two weeks in boot camp because you're not manly enough. Mm. Then I just passed boot camp. Mm survive tech school, get to my first base. I go through six supervisors who didn't want to deal with the faggot airmen. And mm. I knew it, but I couldn't say anything. I understood that DADT was in full effect. When I got to a place where I was, to the point where I was giving up on life, this one master sergeant actually came along and put it to my face, plain as day, that, look, I'm well aware that you're a gay son, but you don't know who you are still. I'm mm. thinking to myself, I do know who I am. I'm a gay airman. He's like, that's wrong. That is what you are who you are will actually give the meaning of being an airman much more mm. value. Mm. And not only that, but he took the time to also mentor and cultivate and, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> and cultivate that kind mm. of mindset to understand that character needs to be grown. Because apparently my father never gave it to me. And this man who doesn't know me at all, and in the context of this conversation, to describe him, he is about six foot one, a Caucasian man with like white all over. He has full white snow hair and apparently had it since he was a teenager. But the <laughs> man didn't know who I was. Very intimidating, very intelligent. But yeah, he took the time to go past what everyone was seeing as not allowed and acceptable in society as to include the military and say, I need to know who you are because yeah, who you are has you. greatness. Mm -hmm. Yes. And to this very day, 18 years later, he's still in my life now mm -hmm. cultivating that. So me being out or, or out there talking to him directly about my personal life, especially with delicate nature of the military laws back then was a wonderful experience for me because for one, he helped me understand that, oh, so being an airman does not require you being straight or gay. It requires character and training. There we go. And here we are now. Beautiful. Mm. Man. <coughs> Beautiful. So that goes right into another uh, question that I have about the don't ask, don't tell, how it was repealed back in all 2010. Mm -hmm. And you was in the military at that time frame. Yes. Um, you was in where... Everybody was able to celebrate their family, their kids, their spouse, but you weren't allowed. You know what I mean? You weren't allowed to talk about who you were dating and your life. You couldn't be proud of who you were, really, mm -hmm. in a sense. Since that's changed, and I'm, for you as well, Rachel, and even you, I mean, because society is changing, you know what I'm saying, where it used to be, hey, you don't want to be gay, you know what I'm saying, to now, you know what I'm saying, it's being more acceptable, you know what I mean, it's more open which to me is a great thing. Everybody should be free to be who they are. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yes. But as far as military, don't ask, don't tell, because um, you were in before it was repealed. How was life then and how is life now? Well, picking back off the story about the guy that influenced my life and took care of me, I came out before the military. When I came in, I didn't want to go back in the military. So my default response, whenever people can always come to me and say, hey, man, you gay? I'm like, well, if you have to ask, you'll know the answer. And it protected me from admitting to it out loud, which would then get me kicked out. Nonetheless, I never got in the closet. I just simply learned how to maneuver my way through the society that was the norm then for the military. When time progressed, when, I, when they finally repealed, I do remember a particular NCO coming up to me um, and asking me, a sergeant for those who don't know what that means, and asking me, hey, so uh, now that you can actually be yourself, uh, how do you feel about that? I said, it depends if you're flirting with me or not. <laughs> and, you know, and he was like, man, I ain't about that. I was like, look, I never stopped being myself before this now. And just because it may reveal, I can finally say I am gay and not having repercussions again, 
I was never defined by it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, because of the stigmas out there, you assume that now that the ADT is repealed, I can finally say, yes, girl, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> we were not going to go that far. I knew where I stood from the beginning. And, I, and like I said, thanks to that first mentor of mine, I understood where I was going to be even after it was repealed. And therefore, I continued pressing Hello. forward like normal. Okay, hold on. Hey, how you doing? Hey, we got a call to Miss Jamisha. How you feeling? I'm good. Okay, you got to cut on, cut down your background. You got to mute oh. us. You know, this is the first time. So now we live, live for real. Now, now I feel like we're on the radio. You got to turn us down on the radio. But anyway, so thanks for calling. What question you got for him? So I just kind of wanted to um, clarify the comment or the question that I put below in regards to leadership. Um, basically, being biased towards the LGBTQ plus community, and what I mean by that, I think that. Um, some leadership, you know, just like having somebody who is of that community, they want to kind of show and, you know, show off that person versus it being towards their actual work ethic, meaning like, oh, I have this superstar who's trans and, you know, like, let me go ahead and put this person up. Oh, for showcasing. That oh, almost like, like a prize pony. Is that exactly. what you're saying? Okay. Exactly. Been there, done that. So, 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 so what's your question? I'm sorry. Go ahead. So my question is, what do you all do and, you know, have it, has anybody else seen that or feel like that's kind of the case where the military is going to just kind of show their support okay well hey thanks Jamisha for asking that question so (laughs) what do you think Rach I've been that airman (laughs) so it's more so like when it happened to me I was an A1C so of course when you know you're young and ranked you don't really know what's happening you just Mm -hmm. like oh yeah I'm just up here winning these awards and everything but Mm -hmm. it's helping the diversity of your supervisor get promoted Mm-hmm. If that makes Absolutely. sense. Like, okay, like you you accepted this airman, you done helped this airman progress. She winning all this, she doing all that, she shining. Oh, when you go up for this, you know, boards package for this promotion, that's a checkbox. Mm, so I, I seen the opposite of that too, though. You know, especially when I was in Montana when um, Don't Ask, Don't Tell was repealed. And I had a, a airman, female airman that was uh, gay. And as soon as she was able to get married, she did. She was one of my superstar airmen, and I always was trying to promote her, like, yo, you know, she's good. But my supervisors, my, my, my leadership was like, nah, hell no. Nah. And they would never give me a straight reason why, but I knew that was the reason. Because mm-hmm. at that point, at that time, um, behind closed doors, since I was on, in the in club, I should have said something more than I didn't. When Don't Ask, Don't Tell came out, they, they really thought that for some reason people was going to start having sex in the office. You know what I mean? It yeah. got that bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was that toxic. You know what I mean? So I seen it both ways to where I'm, well, I haven't seen the other way, but, but I seen the, the exact opposite way to where if you were that way, if you were gay or, or, or LGBT community, they're not going to promote you. Okay. Well, what you got Q? Well, That's true. So I guess what oh. I'm saying too is, is to understand it. I get the LGBTQ portion, but you know, when it was okay, as far as trans, gender members to be able to get the surgery and be open about that. That's the portion that I feel is just like, okay, now we're going to go ahead and say like, nope, nope, nope. I don't have a problem by seeing male Sierman Jones now become female Sierman Jones. You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say, like is being promoted more. That person basically kind of being the trophy for that, um, that unit, that supervisor, that chain of command versus being who that person really is, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Mm. Hey, thanks for that question, Jamisha. Of course. All right. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. 
So now the everybody wants first. Yeah. So the difference is, <laughs> so we don't have a person yeah. that can call on that. If there's anyone live that can call and speak on that, being in that uh, in that predicament, please call in. But to your own uh, sexual orientation, have you seen that cue? Like you have been highlighted, or even James, right? Is there any way, or has there been a time when you've been showcased because of your lifestyle versus your work ethic? For me, yes, definitely. My last unit I was in before getting stationed here, I was interviewed for that position specifically. And I remember in the interview, they mentioned out loud, so, you know, according to our background investigation, you are openly gay. Is that right? And I said, yes. And they were like, you know, if we were to hire you here, you'd be the first openly gay person we have in our unit. So I said, if you're hiring me, so Mm -hmm. I said, if you're hiring me to fill a diversity quota, not because of my work ethics, I would not work here. That's the last time I check. According to your interview application, you asked me for my resume of what I've qualified doing so far. So if you're not hiring me on my credentials, I would not sit here for you and be pretty. Mm. You know, it's not my style. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the, the individual was like, hmm. I said, so again, make sure your interview is based off what I can do for your job and for the, for the mission here. And not because I fit three different um, diversity quotas, because that would not help you at all. Mm-hmm. If you're unable to actually talk to me directly as professionals to grow as a leader, to engage in conversations that are very challenging to you for the purpose that you mentioned in the beginning, to be educated, then what you're doing right now is going to cause way more issues later. And then the agenda you think is out there is going to shine very brightly when I'm now defending my stance as a professional and not just a homosexual. Right. On. What you mm. think, James? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Come on up. Well, very interesting because I can see that in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think me helping the young come through, um, I always teach them that, like, I'm James first. My mm-hmm. sexuality, who I sleep with, is not on the table. Mm-hmm. I'm a hairstylist. I'm a businessman. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing at hand. But I do understand that we are, as we evolve as a country, we still are in all the isms mm. like as a country. So we have to understand if we're going to play a role, play it to benefit you, mm-hmm. meaning that you will be the the token person at some point in order to excel. So understand your point and not take it as a trophy, but understand that I played this role for you to get where I need to go. Mm. Okay. <laughs> don't oh, don't so let them yeah. don't let it flip it out <laughs> so, on you and use you. Let it use it to get where you need yeah. to go because if you feel like I'm the gay person or I'm the black person or for you to earn your stripes, okay. But what I'm, what am I getting out of this? Because mm. I'm still human before any of that. Mm, good point. So, <laughs> so James, got, James, I got a question for you because mm-hmm. uh, you're a hairstylist, right? Correct. And uh, a gay man. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the stigma is all hair male hairdressers is are gay men. Lies. Mm-hmm. Talk true. on that, because um, I mean that's what people would believe, right? Um, it's an art. Um, it's it's something that either falls into you or a lot of times it's a trade. Mm-hmm. So it's like a carpentry situation or an auto mechanic. It's just something sometimes in some references, it just is you. Um, but everyone being gay, that's a hairstylist. No. So and, you could squash and, that. You yes. could squash that and, right and there. And right? Take that off the table because yeah. you'll be shocked at how many straight male stylists there is. Straight up. And, I, yeah. And, and, yeah. and it was probably their mama did her or somebody did her. And mm-hmm. it was just, they were taught this. And that's and where the know, money is at. And that's where the money so, is. And they don't have nothing that. to do with yeah. uh, another male. And yes. no shade for them. They yes. understand it mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. grew up around it. Mm-hmm. But to be with another male, and it kind of goes back to what you said in the first, either you like the same sex anatomy or you don't. Mm-hmm. And that's 
That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. And, you know what? I want to speak on that too, too, because my boy Eric and he's out there. He's listening. He is. He's in the military, but he also has his own barbershop. It's the Elite Barbershop in uh, Wyoming. But he's from the D. Oh, he's so, making money yeah, in he's Wyoming. Getting, so I know him. I know his wife. Know his family. But at the same time, to get that business, the cosmetology, you have to know how to. Cut hair, do hair, and nails. I didn't oh, know that. Yes. I was clowning them hard. I'm like, look at your hair. You know, you put, in, you put in finger waves. Look at you. You know. I'm, at the same time, he has a legitimate business. He's a hustler like me. Yeah. You get what I mean? So right. you do what you have to do. But society is, and and I believe that they showcase it. What's that show in Atlanta? It's called the um, Real Barber Shops no, or something. No, Real it's the shop. show that they have it. The Bar 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 Bardem. No, no, it's a show that goes on uh, like maybe a couple of times. You're talking about the big hair show. Yeah, the hair show. Yeah, Bottom Brothers, right. So that's highlighted, but you see a lot of uh, the men that you see are extra flamboyant. You don't see those, the brothers out there that's, you know, I'm straight and, you know, I'm. My focus is making sure the man looks good. I have beard products and, and that nature, but they show the the brother there. He he may be homosexual, he may not, but I mean he's glittering everywhere. They got little fireworks, you know. So that stigma is is. I think that's what's promoted up. for the hair. One yeah. thing about the industry is mm-hmm. we will make money. Yes, so we will extort each other to make money, mm. and I will play the game mm. if it mm. if it helps me to do this to, to make more money. I will do that for okay. you. And that's the one thing that we have to remember. I think that's the biggest picture that we have to understand about um, the sexuality in which you choose is one thing, but day-to-day society is what it is. We are in America. We're not in another country. We're not in Jamaica. We're not in Amsterdam. We're not the Europe. We're in the United States. So we have to understand people understand what it takes to make money, and we will do that and extort it in any ways. Mm-hmm. And okay. if I have to play this role to make $100,000 a year or better, mm-hmm. I will. Yeah, and still go it. home to my wife and kids and, and get it in. You can get in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so come on up, brother. So we got a question. Come on wow. up, Mike. Yeah, come on up. <laughs> All right. so, so he asked, since it was mentioned that being gay is accepted partially, what is that you need to from, what, what is it that you need from, the, from those not in the community to help erase the stigma? There we go. And I would like everybody to speak on that. So if you could speak to someone that no kidding wants to know, right? Because they already have their preconceived notions of what it is to be in the LGBT community. But what would you like them to know if you can speak to them and just give them your truth? So so I'm I'm going to start with you. That's tough. I mean... Again, I'm straightforward. I'm straight to the point. Anything you want to know about the community itself or myself personally, mm-hmm. just ask me straight up. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not gonna give you the wrong answer. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm gay. You don't gotta ask me. You know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I ain't. I'm not gonna do all that. So my things, just ask me straight up. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't be afraid. To yeah, don't be either. afraid. Like if you mm-hmm. want to know the terms and the lingo, mm-hmm. I can tell you the right. terms and the lingo. <laughs> if you want to know the spots, I tell you the spots. Like right, right, right. it's just whatever you want to know, I'll tell you. Okay. And y'all, y'all, what do you think? Because now you're newly married too. Congratulations, right? Congrats. You know. You. So what would you like people to know about you know the community and where you stand as far as being a married woman? Um, I would just say that at the end of the day, we all the same. You know, we all wake up, wash our face, brush our teeth, hopefully. take a shower. Hopefully. You know, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. hopefully. Not everybody does that, but, though. You know, you know, but we all the same. You know, we Get all together. eat. We all shit, you know. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. all the same. Yeah. So, I mean, we all go through the same stuff. We all have our disagreements. Mm-hmm. 
a relationship is the same. It's yeah. a relationship. So just because we in a homosexual relationship or a heterosexual relationship, nothing's really different, you know? Mm-hmm. We might be able to share a few extra tips or do each other nails or hair or something, you <laughs> right. know, little right. extra stuff like that. But both can cook. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Both can cut both can cut grass. Both can cut grass. Hell, we gonna laugh, so, man. Come no, on, let's go. I want, I want y'all to know he was dead wrong for that. No, it was not. <laughs> it was extremely <laughs> sexy. Because listen, because look, if I want some macaroni and cheese, I know I can. If somebody can make some macaroni and cheese, right? Yeah. <laughs> if we gonna leave that. What you think? You? <laughs> what you think, brother? What, what would you like to tell individuals? I'm going to come from two different perspectives. Mm-hmm. One that is oftentimes ignored because people are afraid to be direct and straightforward. You know, I personally love reading my Bible. And in there it says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I always come from that perspective of when I was put on this earth, one was not a mistake nor an experiment. And since I am here, I was not, supposed to, I was not designed also to be victimized by stigmas, by traumas, by stereotypes, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Now there's a person that's look, standing in front of me wondering, what can I ask him? Ask the question. Mm-hmm. Walk out your integrity. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Mm-hmm. Okay? And also, me in return, I must learn to reciprocate that kind of civil behavior as well. If you want to ask me a question, I should not be defensive. As long as you're going to ask me with a gun to my head or, an, or a machete near to my neck, whatever the case may be, I should be willing to educate you. Mm-hmm. The reality of the, the diversity of the world is so thick and so plentiful. Mm-hmm. You can't possibly learn it all. But mm-hmm. once you are faced with it, may, be deliberate. Be intentional in trying to explain to someone what makes you unique? What makes you special, I guess? What makes you so of such good value and worth? And be willing to And be learn. willing to learn. And someone yeah. says, well, no offense, but, you know, I thought all Jamaicans, you know, did cool runnings. And what makes you so different? <laughs> <laughs> I go through No snow in Jamaica. Exactly, but you know. But, but be willing to actually even take on those stereotypes, take on those rumors and gossips, and actually educate someone for the better. As I mentioned before, when I was hired for the previous job, I said, I'm not here to fill your diversity quota. You hired me based off my credentials, and therefore that's what you shall get. Now, while I am here, I'll be glad to talk to you more so about, well, you being openly gay, what's that like, and blah, blah, blah. We can talk about that to understand that it is no different a wiring than someone that's heterosexual, as I mentioned earlier. It's all about the wiring, understanding it. When you guys go, when people go shop for vehicles, you get the basic manufactured product, but then you have those who want the upgrade. You rewired it for something better. But it's still the same vehicle. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and you appreciate either side of it, whether it's the basic model you want or the upgrade model, it's still a good model. But I'm not a throwaway. I love it. So what you think, James? That's perfect. Um, that was a great everything answer. he said. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I guess my my thing is I always tell people it would be more of can we agree to disagree? There we go. Okay. Can we really agree to disagree? And if you're at a level of life to agree to disagree, then I can talk to you. If not, we're not going to have this conversation um, because a lot of people, my life I choose is my sexual standpoint. But my cultural expo- exposure and things I do from day to day is just like you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, being in the chair, people ask the difference between, you know, heterosexual or gay lifestyles. I'm like, it's the same thing. The same issues happen in your house, happen in my house. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's nothing different. You know, the light bill come, the gas bill come, the rent due. Somebody got <laughs> <it>. <laughs> right, right. The same fight y'all have or the exact same thing. So who a person choose to be with 
it's not a different life. And I think at times people want to make it like it's a whole different life out here. But as you get, wake up in the morning and put one pants leg in, one leg at a time, everyone else does too. So until you're able to agree to disagree, then that's the reality about it. Go ahead. So this is this is my last question. Um, and, it, and this goes for, I mean, because you, you hear, it goes back to the agenda question. What do you say to the people that are saying that they're tired of seeing gay people all in the videos, you know, all in the commercials, all over TV, you know what I mean? It's just pushed down your throat, pushed down your face. What do you say to those people that can't understand that, man, all we're just trying to do is just live a regular life. We ain't got nothing to do with media is trying to put on you guys or is what media is doing is a good thing for uh, the homosexual community. Yeah, that's a good question. Can anybody respond on that? What What you think? It, it, you stumped, huh? Yeah, I'm a little. I'm a little stumped. <laughs> okay, go ahead, go ahead. It's money. Yeah, it's money. It's money. We have, to, we have to remember that social media is out here for money. Mm-hmm. Kind of how in the last thing with good hair, you know, weave everything. It's about money. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand that we cannot be. We have to live a reality life mm-hmm. and not a um, social media life. Mm-hmm. Um, and social media will take some things to the extreme that's really not going on in, again, a for real LGBT life a lifestyle. Like we, and then social media put on our what they want to see. It's mm-hmm. not, you don't know what's going on, folks. Credit, mm-hmm. credit score is at five. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they maxed out uh, $50,000 in debt because they flying around the world. I mean, let's be real, but that's, that's gay or heterosexual. Mm-hmm. It's what we want to see on the media. If you're living this life, then that's what people want to see. So that's mm-hmm. really kind of think about it. So I think again, have enough discernment know that everybody is not living like that. I'm I'm a man like you a man. Like it's the same mm-hmm. life. It's no different. Okay. So go go ahead. Or you got to ask ask your question. Go ahead, Nate. So I have a question uh, within the LGBTQ community. Do you feel like each component each entity supports one another oh, no. fairly we go fairly okay yeah so listen i want y'all to know that we can so answer it as quick as possible because we're getting close to that time so if you can wrap it because this is great and we're going to have to do a part two to this right know that so put, put it on a travel voucher yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead, it's definitely beef within within each letter mm-hmm. um I know certain. <laughs> to make it real because, quick, because because uh, what's that? Uh, Dave Chappelle said it. You know, you got yeah. this in the front, you got yeah. this in the back seat. And so that cat don't know what he well, want to do. Yeah, he's just out there. I'm not everybody. Yeah. You know. So what do you think? It's just beef between you know, each other. Some letters don't understand other letters, like the B, the bisexuals. Most people be like, you know, y'all some stubborn, greedy bastards. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people don't understand that T. They don't get the mindset behind the T. They kind of like. Bro, what are you doing? Like, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? You chopping us and You're doing right. all type of stuff. Like, <laughs> right. So it's just really just, I don't think each letter has the knowledge and understanding of each letter. Mm-hmm. What you think, Q? There's a double standard. 
across all the letters. And that's the big problem. And it literally mimics what the rest of society does, particularly in the Western cultures where there's a race issue. Well, it's the same thing. I mean, even in the black community, you have dark skin, you got light skin, you got a mixed race. Always got all hating that on the dark skin people. Always like hating. You know? <laughs> and yet, across the letters, there's such ignorance of just misunderstanding each other because the labels are always looked at one more superior than the other, unfortunately. Or they don't, they don't want to either generalize it or state that it doesn't have a purpose of being whatsoever. It's a lack of understanding. There's a double standard there. You can do this, but you can't do this. It makes no sense. It's it's a lot of crappy mess, and it's no different than ignorance outside of the LGBTQ, LGBTQ community, honestly. Okay, so Miss Abigail, hey, how you doing, ma'am? So she asked a question. I'm just going to paraphrase it as far as, and this will be the last one, about religion. Okay. Okay. Yeah, man. Now, we know the black community, we're extra religious, sometimes to a fault, but then you have different religious um, individuals. They feel as though that you are damned. Right. So is it possible? And I know it is, but I want to hear from your your point of view. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to be a homosexual and a Christian? That's an easy answer. You go first. Yeah, yeah, right, right. right. (laughs) Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Expand on that. Um, Yes. um, I debated all the way um, because as the scriptures say, as Paul wrote, I have a thorn in my side um, and I have to live with this every day. So we all have issues, meaning in that scripture when he speaks about that. And my issue may only be that who I choose to sleep with at night, but I'm a tighter, I'm a good person, I sow seeds, I do everything according to the Christ. And I love God, honey. That's the he I wake up every morning, me and him. <laughs> um, and I know he does no mistakes. Mm-hmm. So my thorn loving this man right here, if that's gonna be what it is, I'll take that. And at my at the end, me and he will have a conversation about that. Mm-hmm. But until I'm delivered from that, then it's what it is. Mm-hmm. So, but I can still be a Christian and still love this man mm-hmm. at okay. the same time. Dig it. Right on, <laughs> right on, right on. That, I love that. <laughs> Boom. Go ahead. From my experience in my searches since 2005, Old Testament and New Testament discusses homosexuals, period, point blank, that's it. New Testament specifically elaborates even further to show that there is no different in, in when it comes to sinners. We use that word because it's in the Bible. All have, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says all. Mm-hmm. Human beings have compartmentalized the sinners according to what's worse than the other. And yet they're no different. You know, Christ died for Barabbas that was released for him as much as he died for person that actually ex- executed him, Judas, you know, wow. no deal different in that regard. So therefore I look at it that way. Not to mention when people try to say, when we become Christians, all of a sudden you're just clean and you have no sin. The very book of first John even states that he who says he has no sin is a liar. The truth is not in him, you know, because first and foremost, for you to say you are sinless, all of a sudden you're depending upon your own strength. And the last time I checked, unless your name is Jesus Christ, who is full of the grace to walk out this life. And like he said about Paul, who said when he was at his weakest, when he begged him to get rid of this one particular issue, whatever it was, we don't know. Christ said, no, my grace is sufficient for you because in your weakness is my strength made perfect or made strong. So therefore, if anyone starts talking about, oh, you're a homosexual, a damn blah, blah. I'm like, unless your blood can actually save the world. What place do you think you have to speak that way? Man, come on, bro. Jeez, I just want to say I'm, trying I'm, to give I'm attending him. his church. <laughs> <laughs> give my dollars up. <laughs> He's going to get my ties and everything. You know? <laughs> Man, yo. Do you take checks? <laughs> but, but you know what? I'm glad that we're having this conversation, right. seriously. And also, I want to thank, thank everyone that's been listening and watching. And also for the comments. 
I do appreciate it, everyone, because it is about respect. It's about learning, but it's also about education, not just learning, but being able to listen and then to uplift individuals and then regurgitate truth. Yes. You get what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And that's what we do at the Lions Den. We focus on leadership, growth, and development and action. And part of that action is being able to take your story and spread it to have every, you know, right. to resonate it, right? So I want to thank you. Oh, my goodness, bro. Y'all <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Hey, give a round of applause. If you don't mind. If, hey, yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, man. Y'all right. did it. Hey. Yes, 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 yes. And listen, hey, if y'all do not mind, please, 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 you're always welcome to come on back. Rachel, you already know your favorite, Miss Yaya. Thank you, ma'am. And Q, thank you, man, for anointing us, I guess, if you will. You know what I'm saying? With it, man, I appreciate you. And James, brother, you came through like a champ, man. I really appreciate it. And everybody else that's there, um, that's watching, I want to thank y'all for being a part of another episode of the Lions Den, and we will see you you next week. Later. Make sure to listen to the show on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and Radio Public, where you can subscribe or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like or dislike this episode, we'd appreciate your feedback on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash lionscast. Check out the book, The Black Collar Mindset, The Art of Strategic Thinking on Amazon or www.theblackcollarmindset.com. A manual to maneuver through life strategically by holding yourself accountable. Tune in next week for another episode of The Lion's Den with Seth.